Hello and welcome to episode number 570 of the Pen Attic Podcast, part of the Relay FM network. I'm your host, Brad Dowdy, and I'm back with another amazing guest this week, the one and only Miranda Sanchez, also known online. Some of you might know her as at Havoc Rose in all the various places that uh, she is talking about stationery, talking about video games. How are you doing, Miranda? I am good. Thank you so much for having me. I am so excited to talk to you. We have a lot of topics to cover. And the one thing I want to do first to kind of lay some groundwork, can you share with our listeners what your current job is? Because I think this is going to play a role in some of the questions I have later. Yes. Um, and I could see why it would, because my life is very involved with all of my hobbies intertwined <laughs> with my job, which is both great and terrible for many reasons. <laughs> oh, um, I have questions about that too, <laughs> believe me. Um, so for my job, I am the executive editor of guides at IGN Entertainment. We are a media outlet, um, specifically online. So we primarily cover video games. But we also get into movies, TV, of course, big into like comic book movies, superhero stuff. But uh, video games are my main beat. I had like a stint with anime for a while, but now I lead our guides team. And so that means basically if you need a walkthrough, if you need some cheats, if you need some secrets, if you need tips, I've got you. We have so many of them. And let me tell you guys, covering the latest uh, big Nintendo game, The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom, has been a lot of work, but <laughs> it's been a lot of fun work. I have so many questions. <laughs> yeah, please. Yeah, it's, please go ahead. I, I, it, sound, it sounds so intense. It's like, this sounds like insanely difficult. Uh, like just a crazy intense time-specific job, right? To be accurate as well, right? Mm -hmm. So there's there's a lot of due diligence on your part um, before games even launch, right? So I'm assuming you're getting plenty of early access and you just <laughs> have to kind of like crush to get these done or you're laughing and you're like, no, we just, we're just up for like three weeks in a row trying to get it done. You know, if we had three weeks of early access for everything, <laughs> that would be incredible. But that's <laughs> so rare. So yeah, a lot of my job is coordinating at this point as the executive editor. Um, I started at IGN, if you don't mind me getting into the, the background Please real do. quick. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, so I started IGN as a freelancer, actually. Um, graduated college, got hired full-time, and started it as an associate. And so I've kind of worked my way up to leading this team. And I kind of make all the big editorial decisions on like what we cover, how we cover things, getting new writers, you know, training writers, all that kind of stuff. Um, and so much of it, is planning because we never actually know how much time we're going to get with the game ahead of launch until we get it, basically. Like, sometimes PR will give us a heads up and be like, yeah, you'll get, yeah, we're expecting codes maybe like two weeks ahead of time. And sometimes it's like, well, here's day of and here's two codes. <laughs> and I'm like, you know what? Thankfully, like, we can we can deal with that. But also, it's so cruel because it's like, all right, guys, time to, time to go. Um, but, but on that note too, like I'm very cognizant of like crunch and crunch work in my mm -hmm. industry is ridiculous. Like it is a very big problem. And especially with guides work, I don't think a lot of people know too much about guide writing and the work that it goes. And you kind of touched on too, like accuracy is such a big thing. And mm -hmm. basically what this job entails is playing through a game so much that you know, it like the back of your hand, like how can you have to become an expert in every part of your assignment to make sure that you're an authority on it, that you can tell people what to do and how to get through it without being frustrated and make sure that you're writing it clearly and that you're also not talking down to people because people are usually coming to us like frustrated with the boss fight or they can't find that one beeping collectible somewhere around them. And it's like pinging, like their radar is going off, but they can't find it. 
and we got it for him. But we want to make sure it's it's done in a way that's, you know, pleasant and not frustrating also. So, yeah, it's it's intense. I, I was going to say there's hardly been a bigger release uh, for y'all than than Zelda. Actually, you're probably in, in the midst of a, a lot of releases right now. Video games <laughs> are, are seem to be just like at the like peaking right now. But like the, for the Zelda release, for example, what is what was your role what was your how many people did you have working on this and how soon do y'all strive to get like information out there for people who are starting on the game i can't talk too much about like the early access nor do i want to talk too much about how many people we have it's like the secret sauce like we have like nice you can kind of if you do your own investigation you could probably figure it out um (laughs) but our industry is just really competitive and the yeah. way we run a lot of stuff, I try to keep it a secret as much as nice. I can. People know, but um, anyway. So, I appreciate that. No, yeah. that's good. <laughs> yeah, it's like, no, I, I'm i like, at the t- Brad, I'm at the top of my game here. Can't let anyone else <laughs> I in. Love it. No, but, I love it. Yeah, love thank it. you. But um, yeah, so with that, it, it is a lot of planning and that's really what it okay. came down to is ahead of time before we even got the game in, Months and months and months before we even knew the release date, I was already planning this guide. Um, So what my primary role was ahead of launch was making sure that I had my internal team kind of ready to go on their assignments. So one way we cover guides is because they're so huge, like one or two people cannot cover this one game. Like it is way Mm -hmm. too big. You'd probably just have to work on it for like two years straight. Um, Right. So we split up our guides into a bunch of roles. So like we have our walkthrough writer, we have our collectibles writer, we have other roles. And so basically my job was setting those up and setting up expectations based on research and things that we already know that have happened in previous games. So a lot of note-taking, a lot of like analyzing of what worked for us last time, and of course implementing like new things that we want to do, new feature ideas and things that we think can be even more helpful this time around. Um, so when we actually got the game and we started working on it, my job was writing these little puzzle walkthroughs called shrines. So mm-hmm. there are 152 throughout the world and you have to find them. Some of them are just like in plain sight. Some of them are hidden and some of them are lo- not even on the map and you have to do like a side quest to like unlock them in the world. Um, so I teamed up with my boss. We wrote all of those. And then I also wrote our cookbook which is what I call it, because there's like this big recipe list. There's, I think, like 227 recipes. And I made all of them and made our big sheet on it. It's like this big, beautiful checklist of like, (laughs) here, cook this to make pizza. Here's how you make fried chicken. And it's just really cute (laughs) and a fun project. So I did a lot of fun stuff. And then honestly, I'm actually still working. It's been like well over a month uh, since I've been working on this, but... Uh, that, of course, and in addition to the rest of my job, which is, you know, managing people, getting people paid and everything else. So it's unbelievably impressive. And I, I think our listeners are going are are starting to figure out it's like, hey, I may not be into video games, but I see where this is going with how this <laughs> ties into stationary. Right. Like you've hit all the words, which is why I wanted to do some of the work stuff up front, because I think mm-hmm. it's really going to set into like some of the questions we're going to have later. Um, you're a prolific journaler. Um, you started using fountain pens. You're into streaming like we have like all this huge like crossover uh, stuff that we're both into to very, very much, but I wanted to get this groundwork in. So thank you for uh, explaining this. And I'll probably have some more questions later. I'll try not to get you in trouble though. Oh, no, no, don't worry. I, I, uh, <laughs> I'm i the boss. So I get to say where the, le- no, I'm just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> but, I mean, I still have my boss. So, you know. <laughs> All 
All right, so let's let's back this up a little bit. And now I'm wondering, like, I know a little bit of of your your stationary life currently, which we're going to get into later. But I'm always curious, and I think our listeners are always very curious of how people got started in stationary for the first time. Um, knowing that you how much you journal now and how much you enjoy it, I'm wondering, like, did this start early when you were younger? Did you come about like journaling and stationary usage later in life? So, what's your stationary background? I've always loved journals and stationery, but not necessarily journaling. Um, mm-hmm. I definitely kept a diary as a kid, and I have one from when I was really, really little. And it's so embarrassing to read. Like, I was not even a teen yet. And so it's it's really cute. It's, like, written in pencil, and it's spelled wrong. So <laughs> I've been journaling and, like, kind of writing in my own notebooks for a very long time. And I have, like, you know, fond memories of, you know, a a notebook that I saw at the Scholastic Book Fair in elementary school that I really wanted. My parents got it for me and I never wrote in it because it was too pristine. It was too pretty. Like that, those sorts of habits still exist now. But oh, I, man. I do a lot better at not letting my <laughs> notebooks just sit there and I use them, even if they're too pretty. Like I think we all still have that problem sometimes. Yeah. Um, And I got into planning a little bit more with like on like physically writing planners more in college. Like I think I did it a little bit in high school. Um, but it wasn't until about 2020 when I started getting really into like personal journaling again, like I did diary writing on and off, but nothing to the extent that I do right now. Um, and not for really any good reason. I would go to Japan for work and I'd look at like all the station be like, wow, this is cool. I remember walking up to the Hobonichi display and we're like, why is this notebook so expensive? <laughs> what? What? No. And so then I just go get like, you know, a cheap planner because I was still always into planning and like meticulously writing out my bullet points of my day for work. And then, of course, after I got out of school and then I would just like buy one or two washi tapes and call it a day. And now I just look back at my younger self. You're like, Miranda, you missed out on so much. <laughs> it's like you just you just left it there. You could have gotten that cool cover. It's it's important now. It's rare now. Um <laughs> And so it's kind of funny looking back to see that, you know, journaling as it is now for me, which is big on like washi tape and stickers and stamping and lettering. And of course, using really pretty pens to make sure I have nice writing throughout it. Um, It's sort of just like a fundamental in my life now. And that really did start in 2020 with the pandemic. Okay, interesting. So that just kind of just you you had you had this you know kind of innate love for this stuff mm-hmm. and then it just really you know once the pandemic started i think a lot of people even went further uh, into just you know trying to find something to do with our time and and take care of ourselves right like a lot of it is de- very very personal that you know we always talk about these things you know helping ourselves you know you know keep sane in a <laughs> insane world for sure so i uh, I find it interesting how much crossover there is between like video games and stationery. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, our listeners are going to get sick of me just keeping bringing this up and you probably <laughs> do, but just like, I mean, Japan is like the place for both of those things. It's like, <laughs> oh, yeah. it's like Japan is like the video game, you know, place to be for stationery. It's like the same thing. And I would be the same way. Like if I was back in you know, only being, you know, maybe in Japan for video games, just caking myself or just like freaking out over all this stuff and what I missed out at the time. So that's, that's pretty, pretty funny. So in talking about journaling and the current times, how you 
journal between work and personal and pleasure? How do you look at journaling in your own life? And how do you have things separated as far as do you keep multiple journals, right? Is there a work and a personal and a hobby and a media journal? Um, I, I'm setting you up because I do listen to your podcast and I, I know <laughs> oh, all thanks. these answers, but I I want to I, I want to explain or help explain to like our listeners, like there's lots of different ways you can journal. So tell me about your journaling setup and why it's so important to you. Yeah, absolutely. So my journaling setup has changed a lot over the years, as I noted, you know, I was just had the epiphany of like, oh, I can journal for myself. And like in 2020, it's like, I don't, I don't know why I just started getting into it. Um, And it's really evolved since then from just doing a single diary, which I do keep for myself, because I think it's important for us to have a space that's wholly private, wholly our own, and just like, like the most safe space to put down any thought, regardless of how good or well-worded or whatever it may be. Like just having that to let it out is just very cathartic. So I've always kept that up. Um, And this year for me, I've really toned it back um, since lockdown is basically a thing of the past in the United States. Um, It's been hard kind of getting as much journaling done as I used to when I was just at home all day, right? True. And so I'm still at home a lot of the days, but I'm I'm busier. <laughs> so, yeah. um, and so what I do is I have a Hobonichi day free. Uh, this is my first day free because I started getting really stressed out with the dated planners. I just felt like I would look at the blank pages and I felt that I was failing myself and my journals. I was like, journal, I let you down. I, I decorated this and I did not write a single thing. Like that's that's terrible. But it's it's not terrible. It's my journal. I can do whatever I want with it. It's fine. Um, and so this year to kind of like ease that stress, I got that day free, which again is just for personal journaling. Like I'll write literally whatever in it. I, I don't care what it is. It's like, ah, here's something about some trash I saw today in San Francisco because it was really weird. <laughs> And the city is changing and you know, just like really goofy things or how I'm sad about losing friendships or about a movie I just listen, watched or a book I listened to. And and so I kind of just have that as like my catch all what's happening this year for Miranda. And that's more of a public space as well. Um, mm-hmm. I know we're going to get into it later, but that's like one of the journals I show most when I'm streaming. Right. Um, then I have something that's a little bit more structured. I have a thinking of you plan. Uh, planner that's by Mr. Eggplants from Taiwan. And that's an imported journal that I got. And that one, I, I say it's a journal, it's a planner, but it's more stylized to be a journal. And you'd be like, wait, Marina, didn't you just say that the dates stressed you out? I'm like, let me tell you guys, this is an A5 notebook and it is weekly spreads. So there's less space to write. <laughs> and so that makes it way easier to fill out. And the reason I have that is just so I do have a space for the very wrote, here's what I did today. Or if I'm, I'm in therapy and sometimes I've been doing like these body scans, it's like, where am I holding tension? I've been really Mm. stressed. How do I reflect on that? And so I have that space for those sorts of thoughts where I don't necessarily need to keep it forever. I might, I think it'd be kind of cool to have it forever, but it's a place where I can quickly jot down things, but still make it pretty and also feel like I'm getting fulfilled in the journaling space if I don't have time to work, say, in my Hobonichi day free, which I haven't for many months, actually. Like, I went months without touching it just because it's been so busy. Um, but 
my thinking of you planner for my personal stuff. I also write things about like embargoed projects and whatever it may be. It's just a great place for me to like let it out, but limited. So I don't have to worry mm. about writing too much. And if, if I need more space, then I take it to the Hobonichi. It's, it's kind of perfect little system. Um, so I have those two. I also have a Hobonichi weeks that are specifically media planning. So that's where I plan for streaming. That's where I actually have notes in here for this podcast. I have notes for my podcast uh, with Chelsea, Words and Roses, which we'll get into later. Um, so that's just kind of also really blank, but it's fine <laughs> because I accepted it early on. This is an unexpected purchase. A friend was able to get me the Pokemon Hobonichi Weeks from Japan, and I could not say no. So <laughs> I had to find a use for it. It's getting used. Um, and then for work, so I know you said, like, what's the division? There's a very mm. firm division, and that is I have a plotter just for work and gotcha. only work stuff that lives there. Um, some work stuff will sometimes get, as I said, in my thinking of you planner, um, but that's kind of rare. And I, I just try to keep most of my like daily checklists, um, sometimes meeting notes. I've actually been taking a lot more stuff in Notion these days just because I've been so busy that I don't necessarily have time to like take the time to sit and write out thoughts. It's like, okay, I just got to type this up real quick. Next thing, next thing, next thing, next thing. Um, so that can be helpful too. But for the most part, my plotter is, um, I have a Bible size that I got part of the plotter. I don't know what to call it, but like the pilot program. I know you yeah. talked about it as well. Um, and so I was part of that too. And that's kind of just what I've used basically since I've got it. And it's been the perfect system for me for work. Yeah, that's fantastic. I think my plotter is mostly work-ish too, right? <laughs> like that's where I like, I plan my week and I will think about like topics I want to explore and then like the notes from exploring those things. And I'll have like my, my more personal, like my everything notebook will just, I have like a A5 life notebook that I'm testing out right now. Like that's Ooh, nice. that. And then I have my uh, five-year journal, which I just started this year. Um, so those are like, that's my setup, those three things. So like plotters kind of work. And then we have the personal everything journal. And then I have like the five year, which is like the bigger tracking type of project. Um, so I think I, I think I tallied five uh, different, uh, not that I was like totally counting. I think I find, counted five different notebooks of yours. So April still wins. April, if we add ours up together, our friend April would still probably beat us in how many uh, journals and planners she it's uses. It's true. So. But yeah. I'm not done. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Let's go. Uh, so I Let's think, beat her. Yeah, I think well, with April, she has ones that come in and out every single year. And I think that's mm -hmm. a little bit of a difference for mine. So mm -hmm. I have actually a personal planner, too. I have the narrow size plotter that I got for myself because I, nice. I just love the plotter. Like That's what I use. I use the narrow. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's just it's too good in the narrow. When I saw it, I was like, ah, OK. <laughs> actually, I think it's because I saw yours. Um, yeah. And I, I was like, yeah, I got to get this yeah. um, because the Bible is perfect, but narrow is even more perfect for my personal planning. Yeah. So that is my actual, here's what I'm doing in the month of July, you know, like okay. not necessarily journaling. And it's weird because I think a lot of people who are in the journaling community actually use planners for journaling mm -hmm. and not necessarily for planning. Like it's not, here's what I'm doing on this day of this month and I'm planning ahead. It's like, no, 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 This is what I did. So, um, a lot of those exist, which is kind of weird. But the reason I have my actual planning, my dates in something that's like a plotter is because it's disposable. I don't mm -hmm. need to know what I plan to do. I want to remember what I did.
the actual planning sheets of it aren't really that exciting. And if they are, you cut them out and you stick them in your journal. It's really 100%. Nice. That's exactly right. Yeah. Um, um, but do we want to talk about the other journals that are not timely? <laughs> yeah, um, absolutely. <laughs> like, yeah, this is great. Okay. And I, I have so many other questions like I'm noting down here. I was like, oh, we're going to follow up on this stuff. So, yes, please keep going. Do we, Okay. Yeah. Um, so then the other journals I have are like my specialty journals is what I call them. So I also have a traveler's notebook that I use specifically for Genshin Impact. So this is a ongoing RPG and it is fantastic. It's a big open world with lots of quests, lots of characters. They're constantly adding new areas, new characters and things to do. Like every six weeks there's events. It's ridiculous. And since there's always so much and I love the game so much, I just journal about it. So um, oftentimes when I'm ready to play a new event or a new story quest, I'll sit down with my, uh, what I call my couch kit. I have a whole little kit for my couch with pens, glue, scissors, tape, stickers. It's all organized specifically for Genshin Impact. I have a notebook with stickers in it too. And I also have just like the notebook itself, which I have the um, um, Bamkuhen Grid Tomoe River Paper Notebook. And I plop it open to where I'm at, and then I play my game, and I pause every now and then, and I just journal, because it makes me that happy. <laughs> so, um, And it's really weird, because it's kind of a strange way to play a game, especially one that you can only pause in certain moments. Um, but it really just helps me remember these events, because a lot of what they do are, time, are timely events. So mm-hmm. once it's live, that's it. And then they move on and never come back to that again in the same way. So it feels even more special to write down notes about these character events and interactions that I really liked or things that I'm like theorizing about the story that's coming up. Um, Sometimes I keep track of like checklists of tasks I need to do in the game for events. It's really freeform. It's really relaxing for me to have. Um, And just like a nice playground to complement this game that I love so much and spend so much time playing. Um, so that's that one. And then I have a mini version of that, essentially, which is a I have a passport sized traveler's notebook that I got recently that I use for like one off video games. So I just started an insert for Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom, which, again, I don't necessarily write about every single thing, but just about like highlights or like here's some cool food I cooked. I printed out the photo and now I'm going to write about it or just nice armor that I got for Link or just thoughts on a side quest that made me cry. And so that's the two other like major complimentary notebooks that I'm using right now. And that's it. I think. So here's, here's <laughs> the deal, Miranda. I am so happy <laughs> to hear all of this right now. Like <laughs> I want to like in this call, jump on a plane and go hang out at a bar with you and sit there and play with like journals and, and look at all this stuff for like days in a row. Like I am so, <laughs> I, I love hearing about all this oh, stuff. I just you. find it so fascinating. So fascinating. All right. So I actually have some very specific questions about like some of your journaling, some of your decisions on, on, on the journaling, but let me take a quick break. We'll real quick. Um, I am actually on vacation this week, listeners. So I'm going to enlist Mike. I'm going to put him to work because he put me to work while he was on vacation. So uh, we're going to make Mike read the ads this week. So uh, let's hear from Mike and I'll be right back with Miranda in one second. 
This episode of The Pen Addict is brought to you by our friends at Pen Chalet. They have everything you are looking for. Whether you want an awesome new rollerball, a new fountain pen to add to your collection, maybe a ballpoint, maybe a mechanical pencil, maybe you want some accessories, a pen carrying case, some refills, maybe you need some new ink. It doesn't matter what you're looking for. Go to Pen Chalet because they have your favorite brands. You can find them all there. They're an authorized dealer. They're adding products all the time. They're doing awesome discounts every month you're going to find new fantastic discounts but you'll get some even better ones because you listen to the show they have fast reliable service they have low prices on high quality products and offer a 100 satisfaction guarantee they do free shipping on orders of over 75 dollars in the u.s and great shipping rates for international too Go and check all of this out for yourself. Don't just take my word for it. Go to penchalet.com, P-E-N-C-H-A-L-E-T.com, and click the podcast link at the top of the website. Enter the password PENADDICT. This is where you will get the code you need to save 10% on anything at Penchalet and a selection of special deals, which I'm going to tell you about this week. So, you know, if you're looking for a gift for someone in your life, you know, I know that, that maybe you were looking for someone who graduated recently or something like that. We always get those questions. You want to buy someone some products. They have some really great diplomat gift sets. So you can get a pen and a case and some ink. Uh, they've got a few of these there, actually. They've got uh, one for, uh, yeah, they've got the diplomat in the arrow, in the Elox Ring, which is a pretty cool one. So you can go and take a look at those. What else have we got? Uh, or some glass uh, dip pens, if you want to get in there. They've got also a fantastic price, if that's something you've been wanting to play around with. We've got some Lamis in here. Uh, what is this? Ooh, hang on a second. There's one of those Schaefer Star Wars gel pens. That's actually a pretty cool one. Oh, as always, this page goes on and on. A Montegrappa Elmo? Wow, that's a good price on the Elmo. There's so much more. I know why Brad gets so lost in these pages every couple of weeks, because there's all these fantastic deals for you at Pen Chalet. Go to penchalet.com, click the podcast link at the top of the website, and enter the password PENADDICT to get your eyes on it. Our thanks to Pen Chalet for the support of this show and Relay FM. Okay, so without I, I i do get a little bit overwhelmed with all the journals but mm-hmm. i know you have it very very under control but i think one thing that would be valuable for listeners is i picked up on a couple of things as you were talking about the style of journal and the reasons why you chose certain journals or certain knots or certain or don't use certain types of journals like you mentioned hey you don't necessarily like the dated pages like you you picked up the hobonichi day free and you kind of use it as you need to so do you have any tips about for people who are kind of getting started in journaling you know like i always think about hey like don't overthink it you might get into a journal that you don't like and guess what it's okay to ditch it and go on and go try to find something else that you like so what what are the things do you talk about uh for people who want to get into journaling but are kind of maybe intimidated by the choice i think it depends on the kind of journaling you want to do are you most concerned with the writing experience like obviously i know this is you know pen addict and we love fountain Mm -hmm. pens here so like Mm -hmm. are you looking for something that is just a good notebook that's probably the best place to start and then see how you can work in journaling into your everyday life. Like how often do you actually want to journal every week? What are you journaling about? And I think the question of what are you journaling about and like your intentions for it, like what kind of quality you care about um, are the biggest questions. Because if you, if you don't care about anything, you're like, I just want to write about my life because 
I think it's a good idea. And I'm like, yeah, it's a great idea. Um, I would honestly just tell people to get whatever pen or pencil or other writing utensil they're comfortable with and any notebook and just try it. I think especially cheaper notebooks are great to start with because then you can experiment with different sizes. Um, I found that I really like small notebooks. It makes me feel like I'm achieving more because I write Mm -hmm. really small. So if I have, say, A5 notebooks, I just don't fill it out very fast because my handwriting's tiny and it feels weird and it's really intimidating and then I get frustrated. So it's just not a good experience for me. So A6 size or B6, they're perfect. And so it took me a long time to figure that out and find the right kind of notebooks for that. So I would say those are the first things to ask yourself. What kind of things do you want to journal about? What do you want? It's like, do you care about what you're using? And if you don't, just try anything and just see how it fits in with you and if you enjoy it. Um, The thing with journaling too, is it just varies so much. And I'm sure many folks have talked about it. Of course, April has. Like it can be ephemera filled, like your receipts from your Mm -hmm. latest outing with your friends or your stickers that you got from Trader Joe's because you asked them and they said yes and they're very nice and they'll give you a lot. It's a hot (laughs) tip. Um, That's that's free stickers right there, man. Uh, (laughs) Like there's just so many ways you can go about it, but you don't have to have any of that. And I've seen so many beautiful journals too where people just draw, like they just doodle and then they write and they doodle and I'm like, dang, I wish I could draw. So then I wouldn't have to print everything for my video game journals and I wouldn't have to get up more. Like I could just stay here and not have to worry about transferring the USB stick. But, you know, I I work with what I'm given, you know. (laughs) (laughs) um, Anyway, I I would say those are like kind of the best things to consider because, of course, writing about my everyday life is so different from my Genshin Impact Journal, right? Like Mm -hmm. Genshin feels freeing because I don't have to think about what's happening with me or the world or what I'm worried about. I just get to write about my favorite characters and what their adventures are like or some cool realization they had about their lives. It's all fake and it's great. (laughs) And then I can use my happy stickers on it. So that's nice. Yeah, that's great. I think, yeah, the intentions are are super important. Like, what is your idea of what you're, you want to accomplish here? And starting small, starting with the basics. Like, one of the things I used to do, because I've had, I've gone for years and years of bouncing around mm-hmm. to find different products that work for me, either from a planning or a journaling perspective. Um, I do just kind of have, like, a mental separation between these. Like, this is a planner, this is a journal. And it doesn't have to be that way. You can have it all in one. But I would take my blank notebook. When I would be frustrated, say with like a Hobonichi Techo, again, dated page. Like I I just ended up, it turns out I'm not like a one page per day person, right? That intimidates me and I yeah. don't work well with that. So what I would do is I would get my blank notebook out and then I would just use that for regular journaling, like write, writing whatever I want to write about, writing about my day, writing about my feelings, write about something I saw, writing about a book I read. And then as I'm using this, I kind of figure out how I'm using it. And then I will build pages. I will like sketch out layouts in my blank notebook. What if I had this layout? Would this work for me? Mm -hmm. And then I would see if there was a product that kind of matched that layout. That's how I kind of ended up just from a planner perspective, liking the what's basically now like the Hobonichi Weeks layout, right? So the seven days on the left, but then like a continue on the left side of the page, but then like a continuation on the right side of the page, but it was more open. So like that's, I literally would just draw out, like if I could make my own planner, what would it look like? Does that product exist? Hey, turns out it kind of does. So yeah, (laughs) you know, that's uh, one way I did it. Just the best layout. Like it is my favorite layout for any planner. 
yeah. So, um, so that's what I use in my plotter. <laughs> yeah, perfect. Yeah, so that's that's uh, the way I do it. I like the idea of your couch kit also. So I think it's important. I also have like a visual journal um, that I'm actually I I don't use it that much, but what it is is that is like my collaging type journal, like inspiration, you know, pictures, notes, things I will cut out from magazines or things like that, and what works well with that is kind of like your couch kit. I have, you know, just like a superior labor bag that's got the notebook and the scissors and the washi tape and the, you know, a highlighter and a pencil and a marker. And you just go and grab the one thing. So, you know, you're ready to go uh, to do that, like creative work. So I I like that idea a lot of of yours. So that's very cool. Thanks. Yeah. It just, it's like, how do I make this even easier to do? Because I want to do it. But I don't always want to have to go to my office and like put together a little kit and collect everything then have to put it back. It's like I actually bought duplicates of some things because I Mm -hmm. use them so much. And it's like it I just use it enough to justify it. And like, that's totally fine. And if I stop using it, then I just use it again when the other one runs out. It's, It's all good. Exactly. All right. So one of the other things you mentioned as you were going listing out everything is the idea of keeping a journal like permanently like archival. Do you? have any of your journals or planners that your intention is that these will live on forever or are most of them, hey, when we're done with this, you know, we might see what's good, save it, cut it out like you were saying and put it somewhere else. So what is what is the breakdown of, hey, I'm going to keep, I'm, my intention is to keep these things forever or we're, these are just passing through? I keep everything excluding my like actual, this is my planner for my day to day. Um mm-hmm. Except for some of my older ones when I was in college and then when I first started at IGN, just because I like to see them. So for context, I've been working at IGN for about eight and a half years, be nine years in December. And so that's a long time. And it's really Mm -hmm. cool to see how I thought about things when I was younger, especially because I didn't have a planner to look back on then. So I kept those. But since I am doing proper like journals right now, I can get rid of just the post this today, edit this person's work, do this, like that, that can all just get recycled. So that's actually one of the reasons I love Plotter so much is that I can just shred it, recycle it, never think about it again. And it did its job and it was helpful and it was a great writing experience and I got to put stamps on it. So it still looked nice. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. So how do you store uh, completed journals? Do you have like a shelf? Do you like just file them away like in a box in a closet? So do you reference back to them at any time? Yeah. So for now, it's just a box. And there's not that many because, again, Mm -hmm. I've only been really, really journaling since 2020. And then I only had a handful before. So I still have some. I have like a really fun one from high school when I went to the UK with my AP English class. So I have like this this really weird random journal about my journeys there. And it's it's really cute to look at. So things like that all live together. Um, I pull them out every now and then when I want to look at them or if I'm referring to them on stream or in podcasts or something, which we we talk about them every now and then. So nice. Um, yeah, I have them easily accessible. But again, there's not that many. So they're going to stay there. <laughs> but who knows what will happen with them? I'd like to keep them forever and then just dump them on whoever takes care of uh, my body and all that good stuff when I die. But you know, <laughs> that's, that's their problem, not mine. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. All right. I'm going to ask you a very unfair question here, and I'm yeah. going to make you pick a favorite out of all those 
planners and journals you just listed, do you have a favorite? And you can put like earmuffs on the ones if they're listening. So if you don't pick them, like, do you have a favorite? Like, oh, oh this is really the one. They know. They all know. It's my Genshin Impact <laughs> Journal. That's my favorite. That would have been my guess. <laughs> um, the Traveler's Notebook is just such a fun size. And mm-hmm. I don't know what it is. It's just so satisfying to look it up when all of the pages are filled out in a notebook. And then you start a fresh one. And just the way you can insert different things in the Traveler's Notebook is just really pretty. Like I don't know. It's just pretty to look at. And writing in it is just such a fantastic experience. I don't know. It just always brings me joy. And it just looks like relaxation to me. And I think that's why it's my favorite. Like there's nothing stressful about that book. So it's my favorite. Yeah. So I'm gonna put in the show notes, some of your Instagram posts where you're, you're showing um, some of your, your journals. And I I'm wondering it, when I look at your journals, I see like this super visually appealing style. Can you, can you describe a style? Do you feel like you have a journaling style or like each, in, like each individual notebook is just different and they have their own style built in? I would say I have a pretty consistent style, um, at least color wise. Like I, I do a lot of like blues and purples and like a very certain shade of red and pinks, very like space witchy flowers and then the occasional like demons for like because like I was like writing about Diablo 4 and that's a game about demons I was like oh perfect I have this like character tape ready to go you know finally breaking it out um so I would say it is very colorful but I tend to journal with like a color palette in mind and so it does look more visually cohesive and I do that pretty much with every journal I have Um, even with my planners, like I'll still get like washi tape and some stickers or stamps and try to like make it cute if I'm not in a massive rush. Um, just because I feel like if I'm using something that looks nice, I'll feel better. Even if I don't feel great at that time, or if I'm really stressed, it's even more important to put down a sticker. Like, I don't know what it is. Peeling off a sticker from a sheet or something and putting it down is so cathartic. And so... (laughs) I just always try to have like a little bit of decoration here or there. And I think a lot of my pages tend to look similar, though thematically, I try to match them a little bit more to what I'm journaling about. And then if there's no actual theme, it tends to default to like witchy space, whatever. So I would say that's my witchy space, whatever. (laughs) Witchy space, whatever. (laughs) I think that's perfect. I think that's perfect. So now this begs the question that I just literally thought of while you were giving me this answer. Are there pen rules for each of these like are certain pens only allowed for certain journals do certain journals have like only this pen goes in there or this type of thing or is there do we have that level of rules i use my fountain pens whenever i can so those are mostly together except a lot of my twisbees have become work pens so because they have such great incapacities, I just take those to the office and leave some there. So they've kind of been abandoned when I'm not there for like weeks on end, like I have been right now. And I'm like, I'm so sorry, guys. I'm coming <laughs> back. I promise. You know, you know, we're fine. Um, so they're like those pens. But otherwise, I usually shift them out. The only exception is for my Genshin journal, which I have a Sailor Pro Gear inked up and just in that bag with it. Just because I don't want to have to bring my other pens around constantly back and forth. And I don't have to worry about having to go get them. If I just spontaneously started playing, I was like, dang it, I didn't go get my pens. It's like, no, nah, I already have one here. So that's like the only exception. Okay. Okay, good. Yeah. I, I, I try to be pretty open and like, I, I want to use all my pens too, yeah. right? Like I want to use all my journals. So like 
uh, I'm going to use all the pens and all the journals too, right? I'm not going to be that strict because like that's part of the fun too. So I think I want to dig into that a little bit more. I want to dig into fountain pens because I think if I'm thinking about it, I think that's kind of how I met you just sort of like online, uh, right? When you were getting into fountain pens. So we're going to talk about that. I'm going to put Mike back to work real quick. Um, He's been slacking off too much. So I really want to make sure he he gets his money's worth uh, this week. And we're going to make him read another ad for us real quick. And I'll be right back. This episode of The Pen Addict is brought to you by our friends over at Squarespace. They are the all-in-one platform for building your brand and growing your business online. They let you stand out with a beautiful website, engage directly with your audience, and sell your products, services, and the content that you create. Squarespace has got you covered. Let me jump into these. So I say you can stand out with a beautiful website. Well, they have these absolutely fantastic, best-in-class, beautiful website templates that are so customizable that you can make them fit your needs with all drag and drop tools. It's as easy as browsing the category of your business to find the perfect starting place. Everything can be customized in a few clicks from the colors to the layout to the fonts you want to use. And you get like this wonderful page structure as well, which you can take inspiration from and build on. You can engage directly with your audience. So you can use Squarespace email campaigns as a way to do this. You can encourage your visitors to sign up as email subscribers and then start them on the journey to becoming loyal customers. You can also set up your emails with beautiful templates that are infinitely customizable. And you can add in your brand ingredients like site colors and logos so it feels at home when it lands in people's inboxes. Plus, you'll get built-in analytics to measure the impact of every send. And you want to sell anything? Well, you can set up a Squarespace online store. Whether you sell physical or digital goods, they have all of the tools that you need to start selling online, including analytics, so you can see uh, which products are most effective for you and where your traffic is coming from. And you can use all of this data to improve your website, maybe build a new strategy for your business. Go and check this out for yourself today. Go to squarespace.com slash penaddict and you can sign up for a free trial with no credit card required. Then when you're ready to launch, use the offer code penaddict and you'll get 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's squarespace.com slash penaddict and when you sign up, use the offer code penaddict to get 10% off your first purchase and show your support for the show. Our thanks to Squarespace for the continued support of this show and all of Relay FM. All right, let's talk fountain pens. I think I, I don't remember exactly when, like, I first started, you know, following you on stream, and which we're going to get into later, of course. Um, but I do remember it was probably like a friend of a friend type of thing, and it's like, hey, you need to go check out uh, Havoc Rose, and I think maybe I'd followed you on Instagram, and then all of a sudden you started. I started watching you doing some of your journaling streams, and you were just kind of getting into fountain pens a couple years ago. Do I have that somewhat accurate? This is true. It was also okay. 2020 when I got okay. into them then. Gotcha. Gotcha. So from my recollection, um, you just jumped right into the deep end. Like, oh, yeah. You, you, you went from zero to sailor like immediately, right? Uh, yeah, I got I, st- I was doing a ton of research and I was mm-hmm. like, all right, I don't want to start with the preppy because it's not cute. Like, it's fine. The Metropolitan, not my jam. Mm-hmm. Um, so I got a Quebec Sport. And I was like, this is great. And then I bought a Twisby like a week later. It's like, this is great. And then like a month later, I brought my first like sailor. So I got a sailor pro gear. It's like, this is this is what I'm talking about. <laughs> and then um the the fleet of sailors has has expanded uh, exponentially since then, I would I would say. Oh yes. It it's 
It's been a lot. I have, Brad, I have a lot of pens. And I love them. I love yeah. them so much. But sometimes I'm like, wow, <laughs> that mm-hmm. happened fast. <laughs> yeah. And the the reason why I, I enjoy watching you write and do your journaling is because, and you mentioned this before, you write you write small. So we, we have that in common. And Sailor has some really nice nibs for writing small. So what's your favorite kind of Sailor setup? You know, the favorite pen shape, favorite nib, um, or even if there's a like a particular Sailor model that is your your favorite. But I know that's hard to pick. That is hard to pick, but I do actually have my... One, two, three. I have my five favorite sailors in front of me. All right, let's let's hear Actually, I put all my favorite pens in front of me just for this podcast because it's like, I love you and you're going to be featured with my (laughs) eyes only and through my words. I love you. Um, Anyway, (laughs) um, I'm I'm very weird. Sorry. (laughs) You're in the right place, believe me. Um, God, I just love pens. Anyway, so my favorites by far have to be one of my prized possessions, a Shishikura owl sailor. Um, mm-hmm. So pro gears are my favorite. I, they're pro gear slims are fine. They're just fine. Mm-hmm. I don't want to buy them unless it's like for a very specific reason. Um, vastly prefer the pro gear size. So I have the Shishikura L. It's one of my favorites. Next up, we have the Kubo Sakura from um, Hachimonjia, which is a beautiful pink color and has like very dainty. Then okay, you'll notice some, a theme. With all these, by the way, um, mm-hmm. the next one is the the witch from Bungu Box, which is, which is the Rialo, and then I also have the Twinkle Milky Way and Twinkle Stardust Pro Gear Minis um, from Bungu Box, and those mm-hmm. are my five favorite sailors. That's so good. They're so all good. imported. <laughs> what? Uh, yeah, that like I think that's kind of how we. I, I'm, now that I'm thinking about it, I wonder if it was probably like CY saying, "Hey, <laughs> you Maybe. might talk to Miranda. Like, uh, she's getting all these pins that like that look like your kind of pins. Y'all, y'all might should be friends. So that might have been the might have been it. Yeah. Um, what what nibs do you like um, when you're when you're writing? Um, I actually really like Sailor's Medium Fine which mm-hmm. I think sometimes is like, oh, it's kind of boring because it's like the special default, but it's just a really comfortable size for me. Um, I, don't, I think it's just probably my favorite. And I've tried yeah. a lot of different c- kinds. And I think just with the size that I write at, it's just the perfect spot for me. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think it's it's the default for a reason, right? For people yeah. who write with like handwriting like we do. Um, it's just like, I can pick it up and I know no matter what ink or what paper I'm going to put it in, I'm going to get like some sort of expectation of, of, of what I was hoping for. Right. Exactly. So like, and I love my sailor extra finds, but like sometimes that's just too much for me. Like it's too aggressive of of a nib. And I feel like I have to be like particular and careful with the, like with the MF, I just like pick it up and go. Exactly. Extra fine or, or fine. It's just like, okay, how much time do I have to be slow in my writing? So it's still legible. (laughs) Yep. Yep. Um, what types of inks are you using in your sailors? Do you do you tend to mix it up, or do you have a few favorites? Uh, what are, what are you thinking about inking? Yeah, I tend to mix it up. Um, I have a few different favorite inks. Obviously, again, I'm a big Bunga Box fan, so I really love um, Melancholic Gray. is my my absolute favorite ink. I love gray ink. I can't tell you why. It's just very appealing to me. And Melancholic Gray is like one of the most pure grays. I've seen. It's not too blue. It's not brown. It's not green or purple. It is gray. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, that's that's the stuff right there. Um, so. Yeah. I actually yell about gray a lot because it is exceedingly hard to get an accurate, like, 
just a gray. Yeah. Thing. So yeah. It's just gray. And so they they really nailed it with that one. So I I love that. Um, another one that I always have in a pen is um from the Sailor line. I forget exactly what the name of it is called, but it's a four three seven. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the Ink Studio line. Ink Studio line, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been like forever since I've like looked at that word, that phrase. Um, but 437 is by far my favorite. It's like this pinkish red, and I always have it in um, a Pelican that I have. So nice. I just keep that paired forever. Not just because like I don't really pair inks very much, but it's just one of my favorite mm-hmm. colors for sure. Yeah. But, Do you yeah. ever think about... Um, do you ever consider our archival qualities in ink if you're keeping things? I have. And then I realized I just rather have the pretty colors. Like, and if it's something that I feel is utmost importance, I'll grab a gel pen. Mm-hmm. But it, that's kind of where I'm at right now. Yeah. You and me both. And I, I, I was kind of setting you up there because okay. I, <laughs> the, the answer was clearly no, but I'm with you. Like I am like, I just like, it's okay. I'll I'll be okay. <laughs> if if all of our journals and our fancy notebooks are getting wet, there's something severely yeah. wrong, and it's there's something yeah. more wrong than worrying about whether or not the ink stayed. I think so. <laughs> exactly. I would rather like use this pretty thing now, and like I'll I'll be okay. I I'm sure of it. I'll be okay. Twenty exactly. years from now, I'll, I'll I'll take my enjoyment now, please. <laughs> yeah, it's like you know what the pens still work, so that's what matters yep. most to me. I think some of the archival stuff I know. Um, I've heard you guys talk about it a lot too. It can be kind of a pain to clean or there's just other yeah. things that can happen. I just don't want to deal with that. There's just more variants, right? There's exactly. some good ones that you don't even have to care about. Like you just treat them like any other ink, but you know, it's, it's just one more thing to think about. And you know, it's, and does it come in gray? Does uh, it come in is, melancholic gray, gray? I don't know about melancholic gray. There are, there are a couple <laughs> of, um, like, uh, Diatromenus, I think has a gray. Um, there's, there's a couple of pigmented grays for sure, but it's, it's still like, you know, it's like, I'll, I'll use, I'll use a permanent ink if I like the color and I'm enjoying it, not necessarily because it's permanent. Right. So mm-hmm. that's the way I see it. Do you use any other, uh, types of pens that aren't fountain pens, like in your journals? Do you use, um, or pencils or colored pencils, or like you said, you just pick up a gel pen sometimes, or is it, are you like, say like 90% plus like fountain pen usage? I would say 90% plus fountain pens, just because mm-hmm. I have so many that I really love. Like I have two Mont Blancs that are like, or actually I have a few Mont Blancs at this point that are like my prized possessions. And I got that Pikachu pen, um, the pilot one. That, that one's on my list to talk about specifically. Okay. I have never seen a video game culture collaboration done as well as that particular pen. I don't know what it is, yes. but it is perfect. I remember seeing the original Lamy Pikachu pen uh, mm-hmm. that I think was a exclusive in China. And I was like, dang, I'm not paying $300 for a Lamy Safari. Like mm-hmm. there's, there's no way. And then right. this rolled in and I was like, but I am paying $600 for the Sterling Silver pen. <laughs> yeah. So. And, and my comment at the time when those came out was like, that was underpriced. Like, I know that's the price of that lineup, but they're like, that is, if you're into that thing, that is an Insta buy. Yes, I was shocked and so worried when I first saw it because they listed it as sold out. And I was like, excuse me? I didn't (laughs) even know about this. How could you sell out already? And it was just, I think, them listing the 
the listing without having any sort of like other like coming soon option. And so as soon as it went for sale, I like bought it immediately and I have never regretted it. It was it's it's going with me to the grave is what I say. Yeah. Yeah. I'll 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 find a link uh to that pen and, and make sure I put it in the show notes for those of you who may not have seen this. But Mike and I definitely talk about this yeah. um when it came out and I like and, and I'm not a Pokemon fan and but I just like I couldn't believe my eyes like how good this this pen was like yeah. that was totally totally my jam so um yeah that's that's a uh, uh, just a fantastic pen do you use any uh, i you and uh chelsea we're gonna we're gonna get into the podcasting here in just a second your your podcast partner on your your most recent episode we're talking about video game stationery do you use actually um much like absolutely like a video game related product like a pokemon pen like there's not that much but there's some pretty cool stuff you can find do you use much of that like aside from my pilot Pikachu fountain pen, mm-hmm. I have like a, a zebra Sarasa from the Pokemon Center that I got. Nice. Um, I also ended up importing the special edition. <laughs> it was like one of the Pokemon Legends Arceus Hobonichis that they had at Loft. I was it at Loft? I forget exactly where it was from, but it was like one book. It's like, what is happening here? So I have things like that. But they're more for like the collector appeal rather than actually using them for a specific purpose other than just using them. Like that Pikachu mm-hmm. Sarasa, I think I just threw it in a purse earlier so I could take it with me to the store in case I had notes. Um, but there's nothing really like that that I have. I would say like video game stationery that's officially licensed that's cool is really, really rare. Um, yeah. Some of the coolest stuff I've gotten have been at shows. So I like trade shows. So like the former now basically deceased e3 which is like was the biggest thing of the year (laughs) for games media and just games generally um i remember i got like a sticker sheet from this one exclusive sony game that i really loved i was like this is my prized possession and i've used it but you know it was it was really cool and rare to see those sorts of things so it's it's kind of a shame that there isn't more of that but there's a lot of like fan washi tape or stickers but it's not like I'm going to find a Halo Infinite Master Chief washi tape that's really cute. Like, that just right. doesn't exist, which is a bummer. And I would buy that. So, just throwing that out there. Just so you all know. <laughs> product I- free product idea. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so so let's bring this into the podcasting uh, podcasting world. You were you were officially a podcaster. Uh, I'm sure you've been on on plenty of podcasts in your in your IGN uh, tenure, but you have a stationary podcast now. Can you tell me a little bit of, about Words and Roses, uh, how it started, why it started, and uh, what's it mostly about? Yeah, so that started, I guess, just after the San Francisco Pen Show last year. And we had our pilot was that, but it was offline. So very few people have listened to it. But we got Mm -hmm. it started because I just wanted to do a stationary podcast where we just kind of pal around and talk about things we like. And I said that on stream once. And then another friend was like, Miranda, you have to talk to Chelsea. I was like, I talk to her literally all the time. What's up? And then she was like, (laughs) I actually have wanted to do that too, but didn't know who to do it with. And I was like, wow, you're like one of my best friends. How did I not know this? And so (laughs) we just started this podcast called Words and Roses, which is a culmination of our two usernames. She's those with words and I'm Havoc Rose. So Words and Roses came to be. And basically what we do is we used to do it every other week. Right now we're on like a weird schedule just due to my own craziness with work. Um, But we just 
publish a about an hour long podcast about stationery. And we really try to focus less on things like um, stationery cafetas where they're more about like new releases and news mm-hmm. and like a little bit more of the shopping side of stuff. And mm-hmm. ours is more on like the use case side of stuff. Um, one reason we try to angle it that way is because one, we're great friends with stationery cafe folks and we don't want to like overstep in the same way. We want them to be complimentary. And also because this this started going live when Stationery Cafe was on hiatus and April was like, do a podcast. I need something to listen to. You guys do it now. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. <laughs> um, and so one thing that I always just try to remind myself and that I try to push on my streams as well is like, we have to use what we have too. Like to, uh, one thing I said like forever ago that's always stuck with people, which I like, it's like to use your stationery is to love your stationery. If you put that sticker and you keep it in a sticker book or tuck it away, it's like, I'm going to use this someday. That's not, I mean, that can be great, but it's even better if you use it because then it becomes something, it becomes part of your memories. It becomes part of your process. And that's even better than just preserving it in its original state, I think. Um, and I think we have like that challenge right with consumerism in this you know, hobby, which makes sense. Mm -hmm. We're always acquiring Mm -hmm. new things. We're sharing new things. There's always something cool on the horizon, but it's always good to like turn back around and look at all the things that we already have too. And so with our podcast, we try to tend to stick more to those sorts of topics. It's like, what are we using our notebooks for? Don't forget to use those memo pads, man. Like you don't need another one probably, but if it's really special to you, then who are we to tell you? You'll go get it, man. Or like ways to just kind of journal and have fun with what you have and maybe talk about new things every now and then. But ultimately, just to talk about, like, how do you get into the process and what are other complementary ways around journaling that we can bring it into our lives and play and have fun? That didn't make the most sense, but I was like, yeah, you no. know, the vibe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but so like what I, to expand on that, uh, I'll share and I'll definitely include this in the show notes. One of the cool things that y'all do is you have a Words and Roses Instagram account and you give prompts each week or each each episode, I should say, t- saying, you know, asking like the community, you know, like the most recent episode was, you know, what's your favorite journaling item recently? And then you'd like you and Chelsea will like answer these for yourselves. And, you know, it's a good... Um, I, I like a prompt system, right? Like I, I, a lot of us have trouble coming up with our ideas or trying to force things like, okay, well, I'm gonna sit down and journal between 7.30 and eight o'clock. Well, you're just putting these like unfair, <laughs> like restrictions <laughs> on yourself, right? You're like setting yourself up for failure, but then you can go look at like the Words and Roses Instagram and like have all these prompts. You can go through, if you're just learning about Words and Roses now, you can go through all these prompts and answer them yourself. And I think that's a really cool thing uh, that y'all do. And what made you up with that idea we wanted to leave them with like our listeners with something to take away from the show like other mm-hmm. guests than entertainment i hope it's entertaining i don't know mm-hmm. man we're just we're just hanging out like <laughs> y'all we, have fun <laughs> honestly we set up the show to be zero expectations we're not getting paid for this mm-hmm. i'm we're doing this on our own time so but but even with that we still wanted to have like I, I call it like a listener service it's like thank you for listening so here's something you can take with you into your life like maybe that's fun Um, because I often have times where I just don't know what to journal about and then I just don't journal and that is kind of a bummer. So I think like having something that's either loose or short, like you can make maybe like even write just like two paragraphs about not even two paragraphs, a sentence about like, that's better than nothing. Right. So that's what we try to do. And they tend to be kind of random, but I think that's fun. So 
Yeah, I, I will. I will call both of y'all out on this most recent episode. You did give me a panic attack um, by uh, way of your own stressing about the current calendar dates that we're in and how oh. soon next year's planners are coming out. I was like, you know what? I did not think about that till you just said that. And thank you so much because now that's all I've been thinking about. You I like know? literally wrote a note about separately about that. I was like, oh man, it's almost planner season. <laughs> I'm about to say August is right around the corner somehow. It's, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. So um, another thing you are very much into, um, and unfortunately, uh, our, our schedules don't align, so I'm not always in your Twitch streams, but talk to me a little bit about your experience on with streaming. Um, you've streamed video games, of course, and then you streamed uh, journaling and stationery. Which came first? Did uh, video game streaming come first for you? Yes, it was video games first, since that's kind of Mostly what I'm known for, um, right. a little bit of context, at IGN, I'm also on our weekly Xbox show. So mm -hmm. we have a podcast and we have a lot of folks who kindly listen to that as well. It's called Podcast Unlocked. And so there we get to like plug in what we're doing. And I was like, oh, I'm going to start playing old games that I didn't get to, that I missed. Can you guys make fun of me on the show? So I'm going to go play them. Stuff like that. And so I've been going through a lot of like, it's like classic quote unquote games, but they're not, mm -hmm. they're not really that old. It's like early 2000s. But yeah, that's where I started with it. It was just video games that I, I had on my backlog that I wanted to finish. And I was like, why, why don't I just stream it and just have people to hang out with while I do it? Um, so I've been streaming for about three years now. And early on, I was like, guys, I got to show you something. It's not video games. Is that okay? <laughs> and then I proceeded to spend the next hour just telling all these people who are really into video games about stationary. They're like, Wow. <laughs> I've seen this happen before. Like when you, I remember seeing some of this. Yes, yeah. I forgot about that, but yes. And, and they're like, "Oh, are you going to show us more? Like, how's the pen going?" I was like, "You guys care! I'm so excited that you care!" And so then eventually, I was like, "What if? What if I just stream stationary? Is that weird?" I was like, "I'm just going to do people do it on YouTube. Why can't I do it on, on you know Twitch?" And so I figured out how to do like a top down setting and and show like my face, but also my hands and doing all that. And then eventually Stationary Sunday just became a thing. And I've been doing it for like three years now. Um, and it's just been such a crucial part of my life. Like without streaming Stationary, I wouldn't know you. I wouldn't know so many of my now very close friends. And like it really changed my life. Mm -hmm. And I'm forever grateful to everyone who ever stopped and said, hey, did you guys know you can stream stationary? And then other people started streaming stationary. Mm -hmm. And then like me and April, like and our friend, oh, hi, Joy, Joy, she um, they, they put together like a workshop. and We filmed a workshop on how to stream stationary on Twitch. And I wrote up a guide like it became such a big deal. And I never expected any of that. And it's been just such a weird and fantastic surprise. And to to give you like all the praise in the world, you've you've been a big proponent and a big supporter of streaming stationary. Um, and it does it on on Twitch, and it, it definitely does not go unnoticed. You were like the person behind. Hey, Twitch, we should have oh, our sex. own hashtags. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, Miranda says we should have them. Or we should get them. So like, I would like, I would say, hey, you know, like my friend Miranda made this, and I want y'all to go like vote in this because yeah, I want the hashtags too. But you have been such a, a huge proponent of the stationary community on Twitch and I love seeing it. And I, I, 
I'm wondering right now, and I don't have an answer to this question, and and I'm not going to put you on the spot, but what I'm thinking about is I think there's just a lot of opportunity out there, and I don't mean that in like a businessy kind of way. I mean that in like a fun kind of way. Like I want more people to stream stationary, and I don't really have a question around that, but I just feel like we're just on the cusp of like having like even more stationary streamers. I don't know. Do you get that feeling out there? I just, I get so much joy from it. It's one of my favorite things I do uh, every week. And I, I just want more people to be a part of it. I will say it always bums me out that because of time zones, I also mm-hmm. miss your streams live. Like yeah. sometimes yeah. if I have to be at the office really early, I'll see your stream. I'm like, yeah, the one upside of me being up early. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and then he's logging off. See ya. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, dang it. Still not early enough. Um, <laughs> But I, I totally agree. Like, there's never enough people streaming stationary. There was, mm-hmm. I think, at a peak of the pandemic, like, we had a stream. We have, we have a stream calendar. We had it, like, filled out, like, almost every spot in, like, U.S. Mm-hmm. time zone just was, like, filled. Like, yeah. somebody was streaming. And it was incredible. And it's, of course, like, really tapered off as other people have, like, stopped streaming or taking streaming hiatuses and it's totally understandable as our lives are kind of shifting back into um, some older habits, which involve us, you know, going outside more, meeting with people and maybe going to the office. So streaming is harder to fit into that. Or if you have families, you have family obligations. But I, I would really love to see more people streaming. And I do see some people from outside of like our community streaming. And mm-hmm. anytime I see them, I'm just like, I'm there. I'm like, hey, have Absolutely. you? Hey, do you want a community? I have. I feel bad because I have not done this in a while. Um, but I think you're kind of getting to uh, the Twitch team, right? Mm-hmm. Which I can I talk about that? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So there's a Twitch team team called Stationary Brew. So why don't you we, why don't you talk about that? Yeah. So Stationary Brew was started by myself, um, and then I have April and Joy as sort of like the other two heads of the Hydra, basically, because it's like I don't I don't like <laughs> when one person is in charge of everything. So like the the three prong system, let somebody veto the other if there's a disagreement. <laughs> Not that there ever is. Um, But as a Twitch partner, I was able to start a Twitch team. And so I think I'm, I'm, did you get, are you a partner yet, Brad? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay, perfect. I had my two-year partnerversary stream on Wednesday. (gasps) Congratulations. Thank you. I'm going to check out the VOD. Wait, that was yesterday. Congratulations. (laughs) (laughs) It Um, actually happened last week. I'm just not I'm just not good at scheduling things (laughs) and preparing. Yeah, I was about to say, because I think when I started it, I don't think you had been streaming then. Yeah. I've been streaming for a while, but it there was like some ons and off again. So yeah. Basically, uh internet. (laughs) Do I have internet? And then hey, I got real internet. Let's go. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Cause I was thinking, cause I started it because I was the only person in like our group that was a partner at the time. Mm, And definitely partners can start Twitch teams. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, well, like I'd be down so we can kind of just have a nice place to showcase all the stationary streamers. Cause at the time we didn't have stationary tags. And of course we, um, you very kindly promoted that, like our little rally to get the, the tags approved. And then of course they changed the system to where you can tag anything. I'm like, dang it. Yeah. <laughs> I'll still take that victory. That's um, right. But we wanted a way to like really make it visible that there are a lot of people who stream stationary on Twitch and thus the uh, stationary brew was formed, which was not meant to be like a spinoff of Stationary Cafe. We we thought about using that name and I was like, well, I don't think it's fair to April if we use her brand as this. So what mm-hmm. if it's like brew, which is, you know, like a little nice little nod to the cafe, like cafes mm-hmm. have brews. 
We, we like all kinds of brews here. We like teas. We like coffees. We like beers. There's all sorts of things. And so we kind of just tried to envelop that. And then just to invite as many streamers as we could verify were good, cool people into our group and give them resources to talk about tech problems or community problems. We also have it as a resource as like a PSA for like, hey, if there's someone that's kind of lurking around, it's a little creepy, like be aware or this person was a problem. So please block them on your channels. Um, things like that. Of course, nobody wants to talk about the not fun stuff. And that's right. very rare in our channels, I would say, thankfully. Um, but it does happen. And so it was meant to be a part of a resource, um, a community, and a point for safety as well, because I think a lot of folks who do get in streaming maybe don't have that kind of internet practice where, unfortunately, I am very practiced at having to, mm -hmm. you know, look someone in the eyes virtually and be like, hey, get out of here, you rascal. So, you right. know? Um, and so I wanted to like kind of inform folks of that, of like how to be safe and like what not to share. Make sure you cut off the the postage marks on, you know, your happy mail. Like don't show your address, <sighs> yeah. man. Um, things yeah. like that of just like nice reminders as people get into it. But ultimately that's what the brew is. And sometimes folks, like it's not just me leading and saying, we're doing this. It's like anyone in there can start something. Like we had the... The Techo Kaigi um, Choo Choo Train, which was like <laughs> 24 hours of different streamers. I didn't even get to be a part of it because I was busy. Um, yep. Of people raiding each other from stream to stream in like these like 30 to hour long intervals of like, here's my Techo Kaigi, like my journal planning setup. And then you pass to the next streamer and pass to the next streamer. It was such a cool event. And that was just set up by people, a part of the stationary brew. And, and I love that for us. Like we just, it's not one person in charge, even though I'm technically the person who has to like admit people and invite them. Um, it's, it's all of our group and we all own it collectively, I think. So. Yeah, this was, that was not on my, uh, what am I going to be doing with my life? Uh, bingo card. <laughs> yeah, was, right? <laughs> was streaming stationary on Twitch, but my goodness, it's, it's been such an important part of my life. Uh, like I said, getting to meet you, I've made so many cool friends from, from this, a lot of people that I've met in person, like, you know, a bunch of us met in at San Francisco last year for the first time. And mm -hmm. even, you know, people who I haven't met in person, just getting to have, this wonderful space um, and support system of just awesome people doing this. So I will be sure um, to add in a link to the Twitch uh, team uh, for Stationary Brew. So if a lot of people aren't familiar with Twitch or are just wondering like how could, you know, someone writing with their fountain pen on a notebook be interesting at all, I, I implore you to give it a try and I'll give you uh, some links in the show notes to, you know, go click on the stationary brew team and you can see when someone's online or when their schedule is uh, to come and, and drop it and see. Yeah. And I can also send you the link to the doc of getting set up for Twitch. That'd be if, amazing. Yeah. If anyone out there wants to stream stationary, like, please use that. It's it's a few years old at this point, but should mostly still be applicable to streaming on Twitch. Now, if you want to share your stationary or your handwriting I know some people who just do handwriting streams and they are just so lovely. So yeah. please join us. Thank you. <laughs> well, hey, I have to thank you for joining me on this episode. This has been just a blast. And again, like I could sit like you and I or a group of people and just go through planners and journals. And like I just my brain 
is full. My heart is full just from listening to everything that you do and all of the support you give to the community. And uh, you're a wonderful friend. And I appreciate so much the time uh, that you spent with us today. Thank you so much, Miranda. And thank you so much for having me as a longtime listener and fan. It's a great honor to be here. So thank you so much for having me. And I hope you guys enjoyed this little wandering road into video games and journaling. Oh boy. And like I said, we almost need to do like a whole B-sides after where I like really nerd out on like the video game <laughs> questions that I that I held back on. Again, like I I would I am a very professional um uh at wanting to run a, a two-hour podcast and cutting it down to an hour. So maybe one of these days I'll start having two-hour podcasts. <laughs> we'll, we'll I'll listen. There. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I say I got to save that energy for the two-hour streams. That's I think that's, that's enough. True. <laughs> all right, Miranda. Um, can, can you tell people real quick um, where they can find you? I'll have all these links in the show notes, but if you want to give anything a shout out, um, I would love to hear from you. Yeah, absolutely. You can find me at Havoc Rose on Twitter. I don't really post that much, but I'm there. Um, at Havoc Rose Writes is my journaling account. I also don't post very much, but I do periodically at Havoc Rose on Twitch, where I stream every Sunday at 11.30 a.m. PT. Um, for now, I think I'm going to change that to an evening stream. So sorry, East Coast and international folks. Um, but those are the main places. Then, of course, you can check out um, the IGN guides. Please do if you play video games. Really appreciate it. We work very hard and we have nice checklist tools. I've been using the Diablo guides uh, recently, so I, I need to know where those I need to know where those Helltide mystery chests are. Oh my gosh! Yeah, we just published a big <laughs> thing on that, and then oh, if you go on Genie, which is also part of us, um, they have a Helltide timer now. Nice, yeah. nice. See, this is the whole extra hour of podcast. Y'all, y'all aren't getting this week chat, so uh, <laughs> we'll save that for another day. Miranda, thank you so much for joining, and I will talk to you soon. Thank you. Bye. Bye.